Hello and welcome again to the Oat Health Heart Health Podcast. My name is Joe. Welcome to podcast number 25, November 6, 2009. Once again, for any show notes and support materials for today's podcast, go to www.oathealth.com forward slash blog forward slash podcast. Uh, last week's health challenge, we're going to go over that a little bit, uh, talk about omega-3s in the diet and trying to incorporate that more into the diet. Uh, today we have a, an interesting topic. We're going to talk about food additives and uh, I hope I don't go too much on a rant here, but um, really I think some good information just to help put in perspective uh, what are some things we should think about when we when we look at uh, food additives, uh, what should we take in con- into consideration. Uh, food is just very dynamic and when we start to add things to it or we start to take things away and start to recreate uh, a lot of things can happen. So we're going to take a look at that today, uh, get a little more in-depth information about food additives. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started today with today's podcast. Okay, and welcome back. Uh, yeah, so we have some good information today. Um, it's just going to be me this today. We've got some uh, flying solo. We have uh, a lot of projects going on right now, but we wanted to make sure we can get you some good information especially reviewing last week's um, information about omega-3s. We talked a lot about the importance of omega-3s, talked a lot about how we're not getting them in our diet, now really imbalanced with the other essential fat, omega-6 in the diet, especially because of corn and soy oil and some of the issues of of just consuming a lot of that in the processed foods we eat uh, on a daily basis. So we need to really incorporate more omega-3s in the diet. Um, Omega-3 is important for anti-inflammation, important for brain function, important for skin and, and just um, all around uh, cardiovascular health as well. Um, so a lot of important things about omega-3s, we can't make them in the body. Um, we need to get them from the diet. We need to get them supplied from the diet. Uh, there are a number of forms of omega-3s that come from plant sources. Basically, that's the basic omega-3. Omega-3 we call uh, alpha-linolenic acid, uh, ALA sometimes um, shortened to. And then we get other forms that are more active from fish and sometimes from algae and other sources. Uh, and those are like the EPA and DHA, um, which in the body can have more um, active benefits for like brain function and anti-inflammatory benefits. Uh, so um, this week, uh, I didn't do as well as I thought I could do on this one. This is definitely one I feel fairly animate about, you know, getting enough omega-3s in the diet. Uh, and really um, trying to strive to do that and bring balance to the omega-6 in the diet. Uh, but this week I did not do as well uh, as I had hoped. I'm really striving to, to start grinding my own flaxseed and incorporating that into food and just not getting there. So I'll have to continue to, to drill Kathy for some information on how to get me started and get me motivated in that direction. Because I really think that can be one of the best sources. Uh, because when you grind it yourself, you know, you're not processing it uh, in a heavy way. So you're getting a fairly unprocessed oil in that in that sense as far as getting all the benefits that come along with that oil. And ground flaxseed, also a great source of fiber, um, soluble and insoluble fiber. Uh, so some really good benefits there. I want to start capturing that. So I want to start incorporating that. I just haven't uh, really gotten into that. But we do have some fish oil around the house. Uh, my wife actually is breastfeeding right now. And omega-3 is, especially from fish, really important for baby's brain development. Uh, also important for to make sure that she's not getting brain drain, that the baby's not sucking up all her omega-3s and uh, really affecting her brain function. So she's been taking omega-3s. We have fish oil in the house. So I was, you know, start, started to get started with that and didn't really do well with that either. 
Um, so consistency, I'm, I have to work on that. You know, it's just a general uh, practice for myself. I'm not always really good. I'm, I'm always really good at what maybe what I should be doing, but not always good on the follow through sometimes. So uh, I definitely need work there, but uh, was able to incorporate some more with some walnuts, especially my oatmeal in the morning. Um, so I did get a, you know, a few sources here and there throughout the week, but I really wasn't consistent with it, especially when I left the house. Um, I really, the fish oil we have travels really well. It's in these little packets, um, real easy to do, but I didn't take it with me and totally forgot. And, um, so blew this week's challenge, but, uh, hopefully, uh, we can still be encouraging to one another to kind of go forward and, and get the things we need into our diet that we're lacking that really have a, a huge impact on health, especially something like omega-3. Even lots of doctors right now recommending that their that patients get omega-3s, uh, especially from fish oil, uh, for heart health. So uh, we'll continue on. We'll, we'll Hopefully that um, challenge will come up again and we'll be able to give that another go. Uh, this week we're going to shift a little bit away from the fat uh, conversation we've been having about processed oils and omega-3s and those type of things. We're going to get down to another uh, component of food that's that we see a lot of and we're eating a lot of. Uh, and that's food additives. And, you know, within, in and of themselves, some food additives are not really uh, that negative. But uh, when we look at the food additive issue as a whole, I think we're going to find a lot of gaps in the information, a lot of, um, you know, tools that we can take away and say, wait a minute, am I really getting what I think I'm getting? You know, what is really going on? So we'll take a little more co- comprehensive look today at food additives, um, you know, in what I'm starting to realize, and this has been said before, and I'm not going to be the first to say this, but uh, really food is starting to look like a, a science experiment. You know, all these different ingredients uh, just mixed together like somebody did in a lab and, and then sent it off. And, um, you know, so it, it, this is something that a lot of us have thought about before and saying, well, you know, we're, we're putting this concoction in our body and not necessarily knowing all the things about it. But, uh, you know, it looks like a science experiment, and I would even say to some degree it really is a science experiment when we look a little deeper into the issues of food additives, um, and, and partially because of the fact that we're not really, um, you know, we, we, we pride ourselves in food safety in this country, uh, I think more from a microbial standpoint than really from an actual food safety standpoint when we look at the comprehensive uh, benefits as opposed to some of the downside of what we're putting into our bodies. Um, so since we can't really do experiments on humans to any large extent on food additives, uh, we generally go off more of animal studies. So from a human standpoint, it's always hard to tell, you know, we may have some inklings of what it might do in the body, but especially as, as dynamic as the body is, um, you know, it just has millions of processes and substances in the body that anything we put into it can interact with. And so it's really hard to say when you put something in the, the human body, how it will react unless we've been doing it for thousands of years. You know, if we've been safely doing something for thousands of years, we, we generally have a good sense of that. Uh, but now, you know, now we have 3,000 new substances that have been food additives that have been added to a list um, that are considered safe. But when we look a little deeper into the issue, uh, how can we really know they're safe if we haven't been using them for thousands of years and we can't ethically give humans large doses and really find out what's going to happen when we do those over long periods of time. Uh, And since they're in combination in foods, we can't really track individual nutrients or individual food additives and really know how they're going to react um, and be able to track them long term. Now, we do have, you know, a lot of like aspartame is a good example. There's just thousands of 
um, complaints that have been registered uh, to the FDA about aspartame and some of the negative effects it has. Uh, but it's in combination still with other things. And, and that one is kind of rare because it's definitely showing a lot of side effects that are overt. They're, they're immediate for some, in a lot of cases. Uh, but some of these food additives, they're not always immediate as far as the negative effects they give us. So it's harder to tell what are they really doing to us. And besides that, a lot of these chemicals that are food add- additives are not generally in animal studies studied together in combination. So we don't usually find a food additive in a food by itself. Usually it's in a food with other food additives. You know, I've seen different stats on, on how many food additives, like in a milkshake, like 87 different food components, uh, food additives in a milkshake at one time. Now, how all of these things are going to interact with each other long term, once again, we don't really know. We can have a sense and we can maybe know from chemistry how they might interact. But once again, once you put these substances in the body, with the millions of different substances that are already in the body, the millions of different, you know, all the different processes that, that are carried out in the body, when you put all these together, the body is way too dynamic to really fully understand how all these chemicals will react to the body, especially when they're in combination. Uh, so, you know, that to me is, is kind of a red flag and says, wait a minute, what do we really know about this? You know, but all that being said uh, at this point, uh, my real, I, I think my real argument with food additives is they really start to convince us and trick us into thinking that we're eating food or eating something that we're not really eating. So with different flavorings and different colors and, and different things, they can make us think we're eating something that we're really not getting any of. Um, you know, so if it's strawberry flavored, you want to make sure it's red and has that strawberry flavor. And a lot of times with like, like buried flavors or something like that, they actually show the berry on the, the front of the label, but you look in the back and there's not really any berries to be seen in the product itself. And so, um, you know, it's really the case where I think it's, in some cases, I think it's deceptive, but, and, and, you know, just overall, the sense is that we're not really understanding what we're eating. We're, we're kind of being, um, we kind of have a big misconception thinking we're getting something that we're, we're not really getting. And so uh, what we end up doing with food additives um, is taking out real food that we should be getting and replacing it with these, these nutrients that are devoid or these additives that are really devoid of any nutrients. And so, uh, you know, I kind of jokingly, you know, one option is we could take low calorie, high fiber cardboard and make it look and taste like food. You know, if we were, um, if we ate more flavored cardboard, at least we'd be getting more fiber that we need. But uh, I think it kind of points to the fact that we can, you know, technology is great, but when it leads to, um, you know, kind of a, a concept and a, and a perception that we're getting real food, uh, I don't think that's really really beneficial. And so, to take these nutrient devoid materials and think that can replace real food. That is completely dynamic and has just so many benefits that we can't even explain. That's just crazy to think that we can do that and not really expect that there be any negative side effects. And a good example of this is really, you know, about 100 years or so, we really started to eat a lot more processed foods, especially like processed grains. And at that time, when we started to, to incorporate these foods in a larger scale, we discovered vitamins. Now, the only reason why we discovered vitamins is we took them out of food not knowing, not really realizing the dynamic 
all the dynamics of food and pretending like we knew, we removed some of those things and then started to realize that people were getting diseases. And at the time, you know, these were scary diseases to people. You know, you get like something like scurvy or where you you know, your gums would start to, to really start bleeding and, and your, your tissues would start loosening up. And like beriberi where your ner- nerves really start to, to hurt, you know, neuropathy and those type of things. You know, that was a serious issue. And you didn't know where it was coming from. You had no idea it was coming from the fact that, that things were taking, taken out of the food that needed to be there. Um, but we, we, once again, especially as Americans, we just know better. So we, we, we got it all figured out and we'll just continue to move forward. But really, when we look at food, it is so dynamic. We really can't even begin to today, you know. So now we're like looking at some of the ingredients like phytonutrients, um, a lot of these different ingredients that we're hearing about, the resveratrol and anthocyanins um, that are in food that have a ton of beneficial properties. The deeper you go into these ingredients, the more you realize man, this ingredient has just wide range of properties for the body that are beneficial. So what we've done is, even from this standpoint, you know, knowing about the, the food, the phytonutrients now, and some of those things, uh, we, we know we're removing those from food and not putting them back. So we know the vitamins, you know, we may stick some synthetic vitamins back in. Um, but once again, these phytonutrients, maybe we're removing them and not even putting them back. And especially when we look at now all these dynamic uh, components of food, like phytonutrients and vitamins, and, and really, truly, there are things in food we still have not discovered and know all the, the beneficial properties of. And so now we've taken that out, the food that really can give us benefit and really is dynamic in so many ways and is beneficial in so many ways that we can't even explain. And we replaced it with something that we know is not really going to give us a lot of benefit. And for the most part... Uh, many of the food additives today really can have some negative effects, and we know that. You know, with, there are specific ones that we know that have negative effects, but um, in some ways, we know that they're. We definitely know that they're really not giving us any significant benefit, especially like food. And as de- dynamic as food is, and all the benefits it can give, it can't replace that. No matter what we add to it, no matter how we fortify it, uh, that really can't be replaced. And so we know, you know, some of these ingredients that uh, we, let's 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 visit this a little bit. Uh, some of the ingredients we know have negative effects on the body. Some of the, the, the we know that that in at least in animal studies, in some ways, have shown to have negative effects. And so something like saccharin, which is one of the first, one of the initial um, sweeteners, artificial sweeteners that we began to use in America, uh, we now know that saccharin in animals is a carcinogen. And there's other food additives like MSG and aspartame that we know have negative neurological effects. Uh, you know, uh, there are a lot of food colorings that we know that can increase hyperactivity or have been shown to increase hyperactivity in children. And a number of them have been removed from the list altogether because of toxicity issues. Uh, and, you know, so throughout the time we've been experimenting, saying, well, some of these are not good and some of these are good and, you know, some of these are okay. But I'm kind of, for myself, I'm, I'm getting sick of being part of the experiment. I really want to get out of the loop there and say, well, I'm not going to let you experiment on me in, until you find out something's not safe for me anymore. So, um, you know, I would kind of encourage you in that way as well. It's just, once again, we, when we look at the, the, the two different things that are going on here, one is processed food, one is real food. Knowing that real food has all these benefits, I don't think it's really all that necessary uh, to look to processed food to say, oh, let me see if I can get something from here. Um, you know, it's just mostly what we're getting is 
things that are not going to give us a benefit. They're generally going to have negative effects long-term for our bodies. So there is another issue here, and I just want to, this is kind of a sidebar, and it, you know, it is related. Uh, but I, you know, another thing I do want to kind of discuss to kind of finish up here is this issue about antibacterial in, in America. And as a society, we've really bought into the idea of being antibacterial and just kind of just trying to destroy everything we can as far as bacteria are concerned. Uh, one thing we're really not, I think, one thing we're really not understanding here is that our body is full of bacteria, you know, covering our body and the skin internally. And we now know that there are 10 times more bacteria in our body than there are human cells. So there are 10 times more of them than there are of us. So from a standpoint of our body, you know, to think antibacterially, we will be doing things to our body that we can't even begin to understand. I don't think we're even beginning to scratch the surface on how we're messing up our bodies by being so antibacterial in this country. And we know that, we know for a fact that many of the, or many bacteria are very beneficial for the body and have lots of good benefits for the body. Uh, so in our food supply, in the things we consume, in the water, you know, adding, adding additives that are antibacterial, you know, to try to preserve the food or kill off microbes in the water, uh, while that can have beneficial effects, we have to be careful about this issue because we can definitely bring imbalance to the bacteria in our body by throwing the body off with lots of antibacterial um, substances that we bring into the body. Uh, and, you know, this can definitely be uh, important for the cholesterol issue because we now know that bacteria... Um, and their breakdown products, so the things that they're breaking down, and, and, and once again, they, these beneficial bacteria are beneficial because generally they create substances that are beneficial for us, or they keep other invaders away. You know, there's lots of good properties there. One of which, though, is actually when they break down certain types of fiber, they can actually create um, substances that block the production of cholesterol in the liver. And so we've seen that in research. We know that now. Um, so, you know, to fight against these guys is really fighting against ourselves, um, especially in the case of cholesterol. And so, you know, um, there's a lot of inf information today, but uh, hopefully if some of that was helpful in just framing this issue. It really is, it's not as much to say, well, this is unsafe and this is safe. Uh, it really is, a, you have to, we have to take a step back from some of these issues to really get a broader look at, okay, what's really going on when we add additives to food? Because it's not just about the additives. Sometimes it's about what you take away, especially when we talk about replacing uh, food with processed food. So food that's fully dynamic, has all these properties we know are beneficial for us. And in some ways, like I said, I don't think we even are scratching the surface on how beneficial whole foods are for us. But we do know from the phytonutrients and the, the vitamins and the minerals, when we start to mess with food, we can remove a lot of these beneficial properties uh, and end up with food that's fairly devoid of, of some of the things we need. Uh, so I do have a good resource uh, that came from MSN, MSN Health News. We're not going to have news and research this week, uh, but I did want to bring up at least a news article to talk about some food additives. So it's really some helpful information on there, especially for some of the food additives that you want to avoid more often. Uh, so we'll have that resource on our website uh, when you search. And then um, uh, that gets, brings us to the challenge this week. Once again, this week's challenge is really about awareness. This is not about action. This is not about, okay, let's just drop all food additives. It's just realistically we have to take this step by step. 
And so generally the first step is awareness and being aware of what am I putting into my body so that as we move through the process, we can say, hey, let me make a difference. Let me make a change here. But we can make it um, a little bit more stable and a little bit more foundationally when we understand why we don't want to do it. So this week, we're going to take a little time to become aware of the food additives we are putting into our bodies. And so go ahead once again. Uh, every food you eat with a label, go ahead and flip that thing around and take a look down and, and find out all the different additives that are there. Uh, now, the truth is you won't know you know, half of those at least um, unless you have a lot of training in food additives um, or even in chemistry, you you still will be kind of, you'll still be in the dark about what a lot of those are. Uh, but this at least will get you in the mode of saying, okay, what am I getting and how much of these are, are, are food additives? And in some ways, some of those things are just in there as a filler, uh, just to replace, you know, so um, there's that controversy about Kraft and their guacamole mix uh, having less than 2% um, avocado. Well, you probably asked yourself, well, if they didn't have avocado in the guacamole mix, what did they have? Well, generally they had uh, food starch, which just was really a filler. It just had no, you know, it doesn't really have a nutrient benefit for us where avocados, once again, very dynamic food, has lots of benefits for us. Uh, so that switch out and then just becoming aware of that, you know, if, if we'd have had this podcast before that issue and you'd look at that guacamole and be like, wait a minute, where's the avocado? You know, like just in being aware really can, can heighten our sense of, of what we're putting into our bodies and really give us a better chance of putting things in that will add benefit to us and won't be putting things into as much that take away benefit. So that's our podcast for today, number 25. Once again, for any show notes or support materials, visit us at www.oathealth.com forward slash blog forward slash podcasts.